Hey, hey guys, I'm Sam Vasquez and this is Fall Risk. Welcome back to another episode of Fall Risk, where we talk about anything and everything skydiving. On today's episode, we have one of my oldest and coolest friends, Megan Lunston. Say hello, Mego. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, so Megan, or as you heard me call her just a minute ago, Mego, as some some of us like to call her, can literally do it all, which is why I wanted I, I wanted her on this uh, podcast in the first place. I was so excited to get her on here, and when she said yes, I was super pumped. Um, she's been around for ages you know, since a very young age. Uh, and she's legitimately one of the most badass female flyers in our area. So thank you so much for being on this podcast, Mega. Thank a you. round of applause. <laughs> um, so tell me more about yourself. Like, tell me a little bit about how you got started skydiving, uh, how many jumps you got, like what you're into. Give us the full rundown for everyone listening. All right. So I'm like 31 now. <laughs> I've been skydiving <laughs> since I was 18, two days before I turned 19. Uh, basically my dad was like, Hey, we're going skydiving. And I was like, absolutely not. And he forced me to do it. (laughs) Here we are this long later. Um, I have about 1100 jumps jumping for what? 12 years now. Been tunnel instructing 13 years. I feel like mine's 13 in May. Is it, is it, is it the start of the 13th year in May or is it 13 years full in May? May? Full 13 in May. Cause you started a year before me. Yeah, okay, so just call it 13 years then. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're overshooting here. Whatever. So my dad took my brother for his 18th birthday and was like, my brother's three years older than me. My dad for my 18th birthday was like, we're going to go skydiving. And I said, dad, absolutely not. We're not doing that. So I talked him out of it for my 18th birthday. So (laughs) then on my 19th birthday, he was like, you have no option. We're going skydiving. You have to at least try it once. We're going to sit in this class for eight hours. And when we're done with this eight hour class, you're going to do it one time. If you do not like it, you do not have to do it again. I was like, fine, fine, dad, I'll do it. So I sat in this uh, legit, like eight o'clock in the morning class, two days before I turned 19 till so I'm like eight o'clock in the morning till like two or 3 p.m. Uh, it was a super windy day and with students couldn't jump of course because welcome to skydiving where we wait yep. for everything so waited all day to make a skydive and I was like yes I'm getting out of this <laughs> it was literally just about sunset and all of a sudden Bob Stum and Mary Bauer were like um the winds just died down barely enough where we can go on the skydive I'm gonna take you your brother and this other lady was there they took us up to do a static line. And I remember they're like, do not ever do anything that Bob doesn't tell you to do on the radio. And I was like, sounds good. <laughs> so I did this climb up in the plane that takes like, what, like 10, 15 minutes to get to like 3,500 feet mm-hmm. and climb out all the way. I was the la- I think I was the last one there. I was the last one out because the girl went first, then my brother, and then it was me. And I remember climbing out and looking, and they were just like, go. And I let go. (laughs) I don't even know why I did it, to be honest with you. Let go. Listen to everything Bob said. Landed in the pea gravel pit. Mm -hmm. And I got down, and I was, like, shaking just, like, so much. My dad (laughs) comes over. He's like, so how'd you like it? And I go, you bought me five, right, Dad? We're doing this again. (laughs) He goes, I love it. This is why I wanted you to do it. So ever since that day, I've been 
skydiving and it's a lifestyle now. Yeah. So a couple of details about about that story. So for anyone that doesn't know, I think most people do, but for anybody that doesn't know, where did, was that jump at? Skydive with Soda in Chippewa okay. Falls, Wisconsin. What type of uh, jump course was it? Um, a static line. All right. Just, just for clarification for anybody that doesn't know. So how long had your dad been jumping for by that point? Did you guys all start together or was he jumping before you? Uh, so him and my brother went for my brother's 18th birthday. And I think that they did, my brother did like three jumps or something. And then my dad ended up doing like six and then they stopped for four years and then mm-hmm. went with me and then me, my brother and my dad all got licensed. Oh, wow. All the same year. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's super cool. It's a family yeah. affair, man. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. Does your brother still jump somewhat regularly or? No, my brother quit jumping when he went to the Air Force. All right. Is he ever going to make it make a return? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, I know your dad is still jumping, right? What's that like? What's that? That's a very unique experience. Not a lot of people get to get to be on jumps with their dad. I mean, it's definitely fun and I enjoy it, but it also could be irritating. That time. <laughs> but I feel like in the long run, I'll enjoy looking back and being like, I got to jump with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very unique experience, you know, like when you think about it, big picture, how many people actually of like the 40,000 active skydivers in the States, how many of them get to jump with their parents? You know, I would agree. Yeah. Very small number. Very small number. Very unique experience. Um, So you've been jumping for 13 years. Uh, we talked about you making your first skydive. Um, we talked about how you got into skydiving. Why did you keep jumping, though? I feel like it was just the whole atmosphere. So at Wasoda or Skydive Wasoda, um, it's like a family. Like they just take you in and you feel like you're welcomed, basically. And I remember literally I was going through college and every weekend I spent at the drop zone and I just fell in love with the sport, basically, and the people in the sport. What are you currently rocking in terms of, uh, you know, a parachute? Like what's your current wing? So <laughs> uh, I typically rock a Katana 107, but just purchased a brand new Sabre 3 107. Ooh. Crispy. About to get put on sometime this week. Okay. Nice. That'll be fun packing. No. no. <laughs> I don't Katana 107 to a Crispy <laughs> Sabre 3. You got lots of experience. You'll be fine. So that brings up the next thing. Like what, for anyone that doesn't know, right, you've worked in the sport for a long yep. time. What are all the different jobs that you've done at your drop zone? Um, I've been a parachute packer. Okay. I have done AFF. I've done coach jumps, and that's about it. Is there anything specific at Wissota that you've been doing in comparison to the other places you've worked? Um, no, just coaching and packing. Okay, coaching and packing. Like, so a lot, a lot of the same stuff, but at a handful of different places. Can you talk about where you've worked in the past? Um, I've worked at... Uh, Skydive Wissota, and I've worked at Skydive Twin Cities in Baldwin. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a question, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but va- I vaguely recall you maybe working at oh. Skydive Arizona at some yeah. point, too, as well. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, probably for, like, only, like, a month. I was packing okay. a denim coop out in right. Arizona in Eloy. So kind of counts, right? Because it was just for a little bit. I mean, I packed for a Pops yeah. <laughs> a record attempt, and that was pretty fun. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to count that. We're going to make sure that box is checked. OK, so you were working as a packer, right? You worked as a coach and you also have your instructor ratings, right? Are they still current or I let them expire? Both my coach and AFF. Are you going to get them back anytime? 
Uh, probably once I'm done with the tunnel. Okay, once you're done with the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like super far off into the distance. I'm putting my hand up on my head right now and squinting off into the, the unknown. Like, who knows when she's going to be done, done with right. the tunnel. You're going to be there forever, whatever. A lifer. <laughs> You'd be like 80 years old. <laughs> Still ripping some head. <laughs> I'm seeing it. I'm picturing it in my mind right now. It's great. Working in the sport, right? So you also are a tunnel instructor. How long have you been doing that for? Four years, a little over four years now. Okay. What made you want to do that? Um, to be honest, I went to skydive Arizona and flew in the tunnel back in like 2014, 2015 with a man named Josh Johnson. Mm. We went on like a trip with all of us, like friends. There was like five or six of us and we flew in the tunnel and I remember getting out of the tunnel and it was almost kind of like my skydiving experience and I was like dude how do you get a job here and at the time they were like oh to get a job here you have to pay like ten thousand dollars of your own money to become a an instructor and I was like sounds good and I didn't do that obviously <laughs> and then I waited and all of a sudden Minnesota was opening theirs up so yeah. apply at the position mm -hmm. so it's an iFly tunnel right yes Yes, I fly Minneapolis. Which one? Minneapolis. All right, very cool. Uh, so you've been there for four years. Why do you continue to do it? What makes it so exciting? Ooh, I feel like watching people progress in the sport of tunnel flying is a lot of fun. Watching people conquer their fears, progressing myself, all of the above. You yeah. can see it in real time, right? Too. Mm -hmm. It's a little, it's a little different than skydiving. It's pretty cool. right, right underneath your toes. Sometimes within ten. <laughs> Pretty neat. Um, yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, like Megan and I worked at iFly Minneapolis for three years. I quit a year ago. So she's still been there. She's currently, what are you currently? What's the your lead, rank? Lead instructor. Yeah. The lead instructor. To shift gears just a little bit, like tell me about what you do outside of skydiving and outside of uh, tunnel flying. Um, obviously that's your primary job right now, you know being the lead at iFly Minneapolis, but what else do you do outside of the sport for fun or for hobbies? Or are you like me where this is your entire life? Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm so ready. I play Pokemon Go <laughs> with my friends from around the world. I was wondering who was going to be the first one of our little group of Pokemon Go friends to bring that up on this podcast. You are officially the first person. That brought it up. I do not owe beer because it's not skydiving related. <laughs> I mean, it's only skydivers, so I feel like it's kind of related. I don't know. <laughs> A little bit, but no. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll post your uh, your trainer code in the show notes for this episode so people just add you. <laughs> be... I literally traded before I started this with Dinger. <laughs> We're obsessed. Oh. We're obsessed. Agreed. So is that the only thing you do outside of skydiving for fun? Um, I like to sing. I like to hang mm -hmm. out with my husband and my dog goats. That's about pretty, it. Pretty chill life, but lots of skydiving, right? Lots of flying? Lots of flying, yep. So you talked a little bit about what your first jump was like. Do you have like one particular jump in mind that stands out amongst the rest? It doesn't necessarily have to be a favorite, um, but like, do you have a do you have a jump out there that like brings you really good fond memories? Something that you were really excited over? Something like that? Um, I would say probably mine and Ryan's wedding jump was probably one of my favorites. 
<laughs> Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that jump. I want to hear all the details. Uh, so we decided that we were going to get married at the drop zone and that the owner of the drop zone was going to get ordained so he could officiate it. Um, and then we were like, well, let's just make a skydive for our wedding, which the weather ended up being really crappy that day till like the time I had to get ready. So we ended up not doing it that day and then held it off till around like, I think it was, we got married May 22nd and we didn't even do this jump until probably July. Mm-hmm. But it was well worth it. Well worth the wait. Um, basically, we had a bunch of our friends and then it was Ryan, me and my dad was on it. And also Carrie McCulley, the one that was officiating it. So basically Carrie and Ryan and then everyone else was waiting. And then me and my dad dived out last dove out last whatever dove you want <laughs> um, dove out last and we held hands and I remember <laughs> he wasn't flying fast enough so I dropped his grip and I was like oh shit I can't do that sorry for swearing <laughs> that's I was all like, right I can't leave my dad in the dust on my own wedding jump he's supposed to give me to Ryan <laughs> so I had to go back for him <laughs> so I grabbed his hand again and I went all the way we went all the way back to Ryan and then my uh-huh. dad gave me away in the sky and I remember when me and Ryan did our first uh so it was mine and Ryan's actual first kiss in the sky too we we were both wearing open face helmets and when we kissed his chin cup jabbed Mm -hmm. me in the lip and I had blood all over my face (laughs) oh it was it was hilarious Definitely, definitely memorable yeah. I mean, it's it, it sounds like it's kind of a good thing that maybe you guys did this jump a little later so you didn't have like a, a big swollen lip or like a, a busted lip for your actual wedding photos. Oh, true. Very true. That's awesome. I did not know that story about your dad, about ditching your dad on the way down like the aisle to, to yeah. ride. I mean, it was like a split second, but I did have to go back. I was like, ooh, you can't do <laughs> that's awesome i love that so much that's great Mm -hmm. that's super cool got married on a drop zone not a lot of people can say that either true pretty rad not a lot of people can say that they got plain or they got technically married in in free fall either Mm -hmm. that's pretty neat were you guys so this is kind of just a technical question but were you guys married in between like officially like married in between the the ceremony and then the jump was that like yeah, we got married that's... on the 22nd of May, like technically. Okay. okay. So then the jump was just for kind of, you know, like it was originally planned to be all on the same day, but it was just for, you know, making sure it was all legit and official after the fact. Exactly. That was pretty rad. Did you have everybody else out there on the jump with you? Like, I know there were other people involved, right? Like there were other people that were planned on being involved. Yeah, but not everyone could do it because people were working that day or uh, some people don't skydive that were in the wedding party. So it's like a handful of people that could actually be on it. Uh, I bet you that video is pretty great, though. I don't know who has it. I think uh, Liam and Claire have video. Ryan might have some video. Should get a big picture of you guys framed and put it like on the wall right behind you or on the wall right there. It is a pretty cool picture because Carrie's like up and above us. And then it's Mm -hmm. us like kissing and people around us. Yeah. That's so cute. So cute. I think it's cute. All right. Changing gears. You're going to make me puke with all this cuteness. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Ryan's going to love that. (laughs) Right. All right. So moving on, switching gears. Uh, What's your favorite discipline in skydiving or in flying, in in tunnel flying skydiving? Doesn't matter. 
Um, I would say outdoor skydiving. I would say big ways, belly, just because that's all I've done. I've never done any big way uh, free fly, but free flying and big ways are probably my two top things. And then I like flying dynamic in the tunnel. Okay, cool. Um, big ways, right? Mm-hmm. How many roughly, if you had to, if you had to guess, how many big way events have you been to? Um, I used to do the P3 camps, and then I've done like probably five to ten like either record attempts or girls ways or things like that what's up Molly? (laughs) um so so lots and lots of uh belly camps like a fair a fair amount a fair amount i would say yes how many roughly how do those how do those events work i've never been to a big way event like you know i've never been to a a belly camp let alone a big way belly camp like how do those events work how do you sign up for them um basically you find out about them and you sign and then you get accepted once you're accepted and then you have to like fill up like you well you have to fill out an application before you're accepted like how many jumps you have what position in the plane you want to be in what do you want to try like they're just like a bunch of random questions what drop zones you're from what disciplines do you fly do you have any tunnel time things like that and then you go to them and especially for like big ways they start with smaller ones so they'll start with like the first day they'll do like 16 to 20 ways and then the cool thing about camps is you get to move around in the plane. So, like, sometimes you're front float, sometimes you're a last diver, sometimes you're in the otter, sometimes you're in a sky van. But you get to try every jump twice, and then you move up to bigger ways. So I think the biggest I have done is, like, 98 or 97. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. Was that mm-hmm. a record, or was that just a... That was just a camp. That was just a camp? Yeah, that was just a... <laughs> hundred way camp oh my god mm-hmm. that's awesome so of all those camps or of all those events how many of them were records um we just did the wisconsin state record in like may or some june and then we've tried like the illinois state record i've been on i feel like maybe like four or five of them have been record attempts but we've only gotten one okay how many how big are they uh the wisconsin one we just did was 36 and we did okay. a school Small peanuts in comparison to the 98 way. Still. <laughs> I mean, it was a sequential versus just one point, too, though. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. So that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Wow. I did not know. I, Man, like, I, I know you've gone to a lot of camps, but I guess we've just never really talked about how involved or how in-depth they go. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> huh. I'm processing all this new information. Okay. Cool. So do you guys have plans to keep doing those as you as you keep going in skydiving or keep progressing? Or are you kind of done with those? Oh, I love them, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, I feel like going to them is a lot more fun now that I, my skills are up. So, I mean, I mean, when I used to go to them before I was a tunnel instructor, it was always like I was always so nervous. I'd get there and be like, oh, what if I'm the one that messes up? And now I go and I'm like, well, I'm just here to have fun. So even if it's like a record attempt, I have the best of time. Regardless if we get it or not, I would love to continue to do those. That's awesome. I like that. That's great. So we talked about like one jump in particular, you know, that was very exciting and very interesting. What about if you don't want to talk about it, that's okay, right? Like we don't have to include this at all. But um, I asked this question to everybody, like what is maybe one of your least favorite skydives for whatever reason? It could be scary. It could be, you know, you just were super frustrated. You didn't like it, whatever. Like what was what's your least favorite skydive that you can think about or think of? So 
my first hundred way camp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. On the way to altitude, I just put brand new batteries in my altimeter literally the night before. And on the way up to altitude, my altimeter died. And I looked at this guy named Mark Brown and I was like, hey, uh, my altimeter doesn't work. And he looked at me, he's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I can't, I'm literally like two or three rows out from the base too. Like, it's not like I can just not go and not be in my slot, right? Like mm-hmm. people are counting on me. So I I remember going up the whole plane ride and I was like, oh my gosh, this is not okay. Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, it's fine. You know, because you'll be with the formation. They'll kick when it's time to leave. Like you're going to pull when everyone else is pulling. Like you you jump enough to know how high you are supposed to be, you know. So I ended up jumping and I, I'm like in my slot. And right when I get into my like slot, this guy goes underneath me and burbles me out and now oh, I'm no. below, below 197 people I think it was and my dumb self instead of doing what you're taught and like get out to the side of the formation and turn your head sideways I'm looking up at the formation which is making me arch harder and I'm just sinking <laughs> and in big ways you can't leave even if you're low until the the whole group tracks So I'm just getting lower and lower and lower. And I have no altimeter. (laughs) I don't know how high I am. So I'm also panicking even more. And I was, I I remember I was just like freaking out in my head and landed safely. Everything was fine. And I went immediately to the gear store and bought new batteries. I was like, that's not happening again. I'm so stressed out listening to this story. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrifying. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I'm like right there with you. Like I'm like in the, in this with you, like just, Oh God. Oh God. Oh man. That's yeah. That's a big, that's a very memorable jump. Holy smokes. I would remember that for the rest of my life too. Wow, man. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad it, it went okay. Relatively speaking, you know, that's awesome. Wow. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what is your favorite thing about flying? Why do you like it so much? What's your favorite thing? I like the creativity you can do with it and like the fact that I just don't think while I fly, I get to be free. Skydiving's the best. Yeah, skydiving's great. (laughs) My sport ate your sport for breakfast because it's great. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) All right. Oh, hi, Rufus. Oh, look at his bow tie. He's so cute. Rufus is uh, one of of Mego's dogs. Um, I hesitate to say her name because I feel like she'll perk up and get really (laughs) – she will don't do it yeah I don't want to say the other one's name because <laughs> uh, I feel like she'll get up and be be all chatty Kathy now uh so what is your least favorite thing about skydiving or about flying it's a tough question I feel like yeah assholes I don't know assholes <laughs> just like the egos when people's egos get too big for their own britches like I feel like when I started skydiving the sport was more about like community and bringing people in and now people that are joining just want to get good for their own self and they don't care about anyone else and you don't have much of that family or community feeling it anymore yeah this is kind of the whole reason I started this podcast really is like it's all about the community right it's about getting to know people and making connections with people and and like what what's the point of skydiving if you don't have friends to share it with right like I wonder if maybe the reason things have changed so much is maybe because of like social media you know, the prevalence of how easy it is to just show off online. 
it's that bit about how you put this perfect version of yourself out online. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't really see the real you and you have to look a certain way and put out a certain sort of presence. It seems like some people gravitate towards like the badass, like extreme sport, like I'm so cool, you know, kind of yeah. attitude online. Do you think that maybe that kind of overarching theme on social media maybe plays into why we're seeing so much of like this t- kind of transition or change in skydiving? I could see that being a big part of it. I feel like it also comes down to the people that are already working in the sport and how much time they can give to the students. Mm-hmm. And the less time they can give to the students and spend with them, the more those students are going to act out or the more those younger jumpers are going to not act out, but get the egos because no one's taught them. No, that's fair. That's that's a fair assessment. Um, and I, I guess like we're just moving faster and faster these days, you know? Like, I guess we're just, technology is changing the pace of all the drop zone, you know, the pace of our drop zone or like just, you know, drop zones in general are, are changing and things are happening quicker. And without a doubt. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I think back to when I was being in a shithead yeah. <laughs> in skydiving. <laughs> and I feel like maybe a little, I mean, I don't know. You, you tell me, like, do you think that maybe everyone in the sport at some point experiences a little bit of that? Yes, I would agree with that. I feel like everyone does have an ego, but goes back to what I was saying. Like, if you don't have someone to guide you or like you were saying, or mold you and to tell you like, hey, dude, calm down. Yeah. That's where it gets bigger. Mm -hmm. No, that's totally fair. Okay. Uh, Moving on. So moving, moving back to being in the tunnel, right? What Mm -hmm. was, what was the training program like? What's it called? First of all, flight instructor training program. So what was it like? What was the, what was FITP like for you? Hard. Hard. <laughs> Hard. Got it. <laughs> um, it was very challenging. Not both, not only like physically, but mentally, I would say. Um, it's just like a rigorous course that they put you through for a month and they just try to beat you down basically. Yeah. Make sure that you don't give up and it mm-hmm. definitely gives you a lot about yourself. Can you elaborate a little bit more on why they beat you down? I mean, if you have a 12-person class and all of a sudden in the middle you're like, I just give up, sorry. <laughs> you can't yep. do that. So they have to make sure that you're going to hold t- true to your half an hour or however long you have to be in the tunnel and make sure you can still be in the tunnel that long. For lack of a better word, it's so you don't bitch out, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Did you have like a mantra or anything that you said to yourself while you were going through FITP? Like something that kept you going? So the old manifest lady, Cheryl, used to tell me, if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. Either way, you're going to be right. And I remember just telling myself over and over, like, you can do this. Like, don't give up. Yeah. You tell me if you think this is important or not. As someone who has also gone gone through FITP, um, my dad told me something when I would call him from Denver, um, worried and concerned. He's he's ex-military, and he would tell me this thing uh, he learned in basic training in the Marines. He was like, just keep going until they tell you to stop. I feel like it's just about not giving up and learning the right technique. But you talked about how it's like a it's a mental game, you know, getting through something like that, right? Do you think it's, like, important to have some sort of, like, thing you can hold on to? What do you mean? Like, an, like I feel like the end goal of just, like, Becoming an instructor is yeah. something you can hold on to. I mean, I'm like a, I'm a person who self-doubts a lot. 
right? Like I'm a person that worries all the time. Um, lots of anxiety, right? So for me, my dad telling me that, you know, helped me out a lot. It had, it gave me something to like really focus on, um, while my mental game wasn't as like solid, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think that being a tunnel instructor and going through all that improves your mental game? Do you think it makes you a better, more reliable, more focused person? I feel like it just teaches you a lot about who you are and how you learn and how your stamina basically. And your I don't know if it makes you better. I don't know how to explain it. No, I feel like it I think, to psychology. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you just said, like that could make you better is like some people lack awareness, you know, and some people yes. lack like self-awareness. So going through something like that definitely improves your, but your mental awareness, you know? Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> how neat is that? That's so neat. That's pretty neat. <laughs> oh. um, what is the coolest thing about being a tunnel instructor? What is the coolest thing? Yeah. The coolest. What is the coolest? Personally, I think the coolest thing is teaching kids to fly. When you say kids, what do you mean? Like kids under the age of like 16. Like it's just crazy to watch how quick they learn, how happy they get. I don't know. I think it's just cool. <laughs> okay. That's, that's neat. That's awesome. They're pretty fearless, right? Yes. At some point, every single adult is going to have like a close call in some part of their lives where they maybe escape injury or escape death or, you know, something like that. And it's going to put into perspective, like how fragile everything is or how fragile your body is, you know, um, of how fragile life is. And like kids, kids are fearless. They don't have those, those types of experience typically. So and they don't have an idea of money. So <laughs> they just go in and have fun. That's fair. That's fair too. Right. So the pressure isn't on. Right. Right. Like they don't go into a tunnel session and they're like, okay, I have 10 minutes. I need to learn this, this, and this today. Mm -hmm. They go in and like, how much fun am I going to have today? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Be more like kids, guys. Be more like kids. Be more like kids. What is the hardest thing about being a tunnel instructor? Mm, I mean, probably taking first timers in is probably the hardest thing. To do. But <laughs> physically, <laughs> physically, that's the hardest thing, right? I mean... But not mentally, because for me, like when I take first timers in, like I, I understand that it's their first time ever trying something like that and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to either be decent or great or bad. But, but mm -hmm. as long as they're trying, like mentally, even when someone's a horrible flyer, yeah, I'm like they're trying or mm -hmm. they're super scared. And I just remember that while I'm taking them in the tunnel, I'm like, okay. How would you want to be handled in this situation if you were feeling mm -hmm. this way? It is hard physically, but mentally, I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I love watching first-timers get out over their fear yeah. of doing something that's terrifying in their eyes. Yeah. The thing I found difficult, I think, to begin with was talking to people in a way that made them feel super comfortable and calm and cool and collected, but also like setting up the parameters for what we were about to expect or what we were about to, uh, to do and making sure that like the rules were followed. And like, there were, there's so many rules at iFly, right? Like there's so many things that you have to follow. So figuring out how to talk to people and make it an experience that's a little bit different than skydiving. Right. Right. Because it's not, it's not as intense in a lot of respects, but it is also dangerous in a lot of respects too as well, right? So figuring out how to communicate all that in a way that was enjoyable and exciting and not necessarily just a downer 
24 set. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get it. Especially when you were, when we're new yeah. and you're terrified to take classes and you're like, Oh, did I forget to say something? Oh, what if right. I forgot? <laughs> well, you also don't want them to know either. Like you don't want them to know that you're that freaked out about what's happening. Like you want them to feel confident and cool. And like, you want to be somewhat impressive, right? Like, I don't know. Like you tell me like, is in comparison to like the physicality of it, right? Like, and, and how hard it is physically, like, would that be something that you think would be comparable in terms of difficulty or is there? I mean, that in itself is difficult because like not everyone learns the same. Not everyone's personalities are the same. So like what you do for one class, you can't just do for every class. Like you can have the same script, but what if your class is just sitting there and not talking at all to you? They're just like staring at your blank face, looking terrified. And then you have another class that like won't stop talking. You're like, mm -hmm. all right, how do I different dif how do you how do you say that dif yeah differentiate <laughs> words are hard <laughs> differentiate um, different classes for different people I feel like yeah. that was that was a struggle at first and I like I mean I'm still constantly working on my classroom my communication everything like it's never ending yeah I think too like something you don't really realize and I think we talked about this in the past like can you can you like kind of talk a little bit about how quickly your 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 teaching skills change like from the moment that you start versus like your first year in? Can you kind of elaborate on like how steep that learning curve is and how quickly it changes at all? I feel like it's a little bit different for everyone because like I struggled right away when I became a instructor in the tunnel with like communicating and getting my point across to people or explaining to people how the body works and how the physics of it worked versus like you who got it right away. And you're like, Oh, I got, I understand how this works. Let me, let me, let me tell you how this works. I actually learned too quick for my own good per like personal flight wise that I had to like go backwards and relearn how to coach. Actually, you know what? Elaborate a little bit on that. Like we've talked about this in the past and this is something that like, our mentor, Mike Silva, used to like impress upon us way back in the day too as well about how the way you learn can affect your ability to teach it or talk about it to other people. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like flesh that flesh that idea out a bit. Yeah. So like just in general, like if you learn too quick, any flight skill and you don't know how to actually fly it or how, I mean, you know how to fly it because you can do it, but you've never had to go through the trial and error of like figuring it out. You just got it. Then you have to go backwards and you're like, okay, well, how am I going to coach this? Well, I don't even know how to coach it because I didn't have to go through all the steps that someone else did figure out and watch other people and <laughs> see how their trial and error worked out. And then you're like, okay, now I can kind of figure this out. I can't just tell someone go in there and try a back layout. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't just be like, all right, you're going to go in there and you're just going to go on your back, go up <laughs> towards the wall and flip over your head. Like you yeah. can't just tell someone that. Uh, so I had to learn how to break the move down and figure out how the body moved to be mm -hmm. able to teach my students. There's so much information there. Like if you think about all the things that you have to be able to teach in the tunnel, right? All mm -hmm. the different flight skills, all the different things that you have to get signed off for. Like that is so much information that you suddenly have to be able to retain <laughs> like instantly. <laughs> instantly. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a struggle. It's and they have to teach someone else. Yeah, right. But you learned. Insane. I've come along in the last four years. A long way. In <laughs> the 
Uh, she's a prodigy for anybody that was wondering. She's a fucking prodigy. Just saying it. Just throwing it out there. Pretty sure I'm right. Pretty sure everybody thinks it. Thank you. You're welcome. And it's Appreciate it. And it's because it's true. You are. Like, I remember. So it's going to be my story time now. I remember. Um, I mean, you and I have been skydiving together for 13, 13, almost 13 years now. Right. Worked together you know, worked in, on the same drop zones together, like done a whole bunch of stuff together. And then we worked in the tunnel for forever too. And, um, I remember like one of the first days coming back from FITP when we first came back that December in 2018 mm-hmm. and seeing you flying and been like, where the fuck did that come from? Megan, Like all of a sudden it was just like the light bulb switched on for you. And it was like, it was truly astounding. And like, uh, I'm going to be super real. Like I was a little bit jealous, like how quickly everything fucking came to you. But it very amazing to see this person who hung out at the drop zone, worked at the drop zone, liked to have fun, liked to have a good time on the drop zone and suddenly be put in this atmosphere and this this environment and just was allowed to just absolutely skyrocket and like, for lack of a better word, blossom like into what they were meant to be doing. Like, <laughs> but I mean, on, I mean, that's a that's a terrible word to use. You're right. But <laughs> But it was it was legitimately very, very cool to watch. Like in in our sport is watching someone figure out exactly what they've been they've meant to be doing, like exactly find their place in like this this world and this community. It's super fun. Well, here's a story to go with that. So <laughs> we're not after FITP because our tunnel wasn't made like built yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Chicago, so I trained in Rosemont and then like each week I would work at a different tunnel. So like one week I'd work in Lincoln Park, one week I'd work in Naperville, one week I'd work in Rosemont. And I think it was like week two out of FITP. And I mean, I could barely backfly at this point. Like I could do over the feet transitions and I could do everything safely. And this guy was like, hey, let's work on some sit flying. And literally within the first session, I was up off the net going forwards and backwards, turning and he looks at me, he's like, dude have you ever done that before and I was like like five years ago in a tunnel in Eloy for like 10 minutes and he was like well how did how did you know how to do that I was like I know I sit fly in the sky and he's like yeah but most people can't sit fly just because they can fly in the sky and he goes do you know how to head down in the sky do you want to try that (laughs) I was like no 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 we're not doing that let's just stick with the basics but it made me giggle I was like I, I so I see what you mean It's, I mean, it's not just me blowing smoke. This is a conversation I've had with other people. This is a conversation like that I've had with other iFly employees, you know, people that were there with us like at the time. And we all are on the same page about this. This is something that's super real. Like you, you being at the tunnel and you taking that job and you deciding like, yep, I'm going to do this. Like it was absolutely one of the best choices I think you probably could have made because it's where you belong. It's like, it's like un undeniable it's undeniable that like you belong at the tunnel like that's where you need to be i definitely enjoy it yeah Ah, anyway moving on melt my heart a little more sam i'm buttering you up (laughs) um down later just (laughs) no 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 you deserve it i mean you deserve all the praise like you've earned it you know like this is this is getting a little off track but like you've absolutely earned it so you deserve I'm blushing. Oh, <laughs> you're blushing. Whatever. Are your ears I'm getting red. hot? My ears get hot when I when I get embarrassed. So. 
Do you see them? They're red. They're a little red. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. Uh, moving on. Okay. What's your favorite kind of person to teach at the tunnel? Ooh. Besides kids. Um, I feel like the ones that struggle the yeah. most are the ones that are my favorite. The ones when it finally clicks and they're like, oh, wow, this actually worked out. Those yeah. are my favorite. Because the payoff, right? Payoff is really yeah. cool. And just the joy and the excitement that they have yeah. and all the that you put in to help mm -hmm. them get there. It's it's like so much more earned because they stick with it or something. Like that's how I feel about it anyway. I don't know. Right. Like think? when they're like on the verge of like quitting and giving up and mm -hmm. then they it finally clicks. I feel like that. The weeks of frustration that they have trying to learn this skill that just keeps like eluding them. 100%. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's a one of the best types of people to teach. I would say that's probably true in skydiving too. Mm -hmm. Seeing it click for students, you know, that are, that are getting frustrated on like cat C or something, you right. know, or, you know, they have to keep repeating D1 or D2 or some, I don't, I don't know anything about static line. So I'm sure there's instances in static line too, as well, where it's like super frustrating. Definitely almost failed. <laughs> <laughs> what Really? What? I almost quit. Yeah. Why? Um, it was like, so the way static line works is you do five static lines and the last three are practice ripcord pulls. Okay. And then if those are successful, then you can do your first hop and pop. And you think you have to do two hop and pops before they slowly start moving you up. You do like five second delay, 10 second delay, so on and so forth. Well, so I passed all my practice ripcord pulls, but my exits weren't great because you're hanging off a strut and I would just panic and look down basically at <laughs> the arch. And I have video of me like almost flipping through my harness, like <laughs> bad. Anyways, so they finally were just like, we're going to let you try a hop and pop. Like your last like two were decent. Like, let's let you try. So I think it had two hop and pops. It was like jump number nine or something. And I don't know if you remember Jeremy Alexa. I was do my remember. I do remember Jeremy Alexa. Yeah. He was my jump master. And he was like, I, I remember just flipping through the air and pulling my parachute. And it was really bad. And I land and he goes. Um, yeah, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> they go talk to Mary Bauer and we're going to figure some stuff out. So they ended up taking me like on jump 10 to like 10,000 feet and AFFing me to see if that would help. <laughs> and it did, but okay. <laughs> thank goodness it did. Right. Otherwise I would have quit. Oh, well, I'm glad it worked out. Things would not yeah. be the same without you if we didn't have you here. I mean, we wouldn't know. It'd be fine. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Deep down, we'd know there's something missing here. Sorry to get off track. No, it's okay. It's all right. That's what this is for. That's the whole point, right? What are some of the things, besides besides the things we've already touched on, right? What are some of the other things that you've learned along the way about yourself and through your personal progression of like flying and skydiving? Ooh, I feel like I learned that I like helping other people. And I yeah. like to always make people feel welcome. So like... Like if I see someone jumping in by themselves, if it's not a day where I'm like being selfish, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll go jump with like newer jumpers so that they're not by themselves. Like uh, Megan Gunstenson. Yeah. The tunnel had been begging me to jump with her for a while and I wasn't jumping and I went and jumped with her. It was probably mo one of my most favorite jumps in a long time. And it was the belly four way. With who else? Um, I think Ryan and who else was on it? Me, Ryan, Joel Allen, I think, was the fourth. 
Oh no, it was Jordan. It was Jordan Ermer. It was Kramer. Oh, okay. Okay. It was the fourth, and he and she actually pulled him to the formation. <laughs> she has like <laughs> what, like 50, 60 jumps, and Jordan has like thousands. Yeah. And she him like, hey, get over here. All that extra tunnel time too, as well. Like she probably mm-hmm. just yoinked him over and was like, get in your spot. Right. That's great. So it's all about being welcoming, right? Like you. You're very much about including including other people, making sure people are, you know, part of the group. As much as I can. Yeah. That's cool. True skydiver you are. Um, who do you look up to in skydiving? Like, who do you admire? Who are your mentors? Who inspires you? Ooh, definitely Bob Stum and Mary yeah. Bauer. They're my idols. They're my parents of skydiving. Yeah. Even my dad skydives. Sorry, dad. I love you. And you'd understand that I just said <laughs> this. But definitely Bob Stum and Mary Bauer. What about in the tunnel world? Is there anybody in particular? Maddie Baylog. Yeah. Even younger than me, definitely look up to that girl. Yeah. She's a, for lack of a better word, fucking rock star. Not only in the tunnel, but out of the tunnel. One of the nicest people ever, too. Mm-hmm. Talk about, um, I mean, obviously you did your training in Chicago and you were in all those different tunnels at any given time. So you met a lot of people, but like when we went, do you remember when we went to and went there over Christmas during the COVID year, right? When they were open and we were shut down. So we went to go check things out and you introduced us to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. She, I remember she stuck around and coached us along with like Scotty Kervick and uh, Ben Schaefer. They all hung out with us. It was a really cool experience. They were so welcoming. They were so nice. I remember being super impressed and super like in awe of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a great. That's a great answer. Damn. Well, such and a good just answer. Example, like, so my goal is to be on like big way free flying jumps. I was talking to her when I was doing the Wisconsin state record. Um, they were doing like a camp, a head down camp. Mm-hmm. I went up to her and I was like, dude, I would love to be on a head down camp or a record. Like it, that's my goal. Mm-hmm what should I work on? And she just gave me like all these things to work on for exits. And like, if I'm just jumping, she's like, you can even jump with people that have le- like less experience. Like, even if they're just sit flying, like you can practice these exits, you can practice this, this, and this. And I was like, wow, thank you. I appreciate it. She's just a wealth of knowledge. She's great. Anybody that gets a chance to go jump or go fly or jump with her, like you should absolutely do it. Good answer. That was a great answer. What kind of advice do you have for anyone going through FITP and looking to become a tunnel instructor? Right? Like anybody, anybody who's interested in potentially doing it, what kind of, what's like the one piece of advice you would give? Don't give up during FITP. (laughs) Okay. And then you have to want to teach people how to fly. You can't just be there for yourself. You can learn how to fly and do all that, but you have to want to teach. No, that's, that's a super good piece of advice. Very poignant. Now it's my turn to mess up on a word. Poignant. I was just to say, poignant. words are hard for you. <laughs> it's very poignant. I think that's Don't the word. Someone's going to correct me later and be like, you're an idiot. Don't <laughs> don't use big words. Jesus, Sam. I shouldn't use any words. <laughs> no words. This is all, <laughs> this is going to be the first podcast that we do in tunnel <laughs> sign language. <laughs> no one is going to know. <laughs> just mouth everything. We don't use words. We only do tunnel, tunnel sign language. Short and to the point. <laughs> uh do you ever catch yourself doing the the numbers like oh i catch myself doing hand signals and gestures all the time now <laughs> like just talking to people like sometimes i have to sit on my hands or when i'm in meetings yeah. or like on like even right now like i'm trying to not move around because you told me i couldn't yeah. 
<laughs> there's um I, I caught myself doing this with my dad the other day. He was in the tractor and obviously he can't hear me from outside the tractor. Talk to him. I either have to yell at him or I'm or I'm telling him I'm doing the hand like the tunnel hand signals at him. Um, like just a little bit more, like a little bit higher, <laughs> like or yep. no, like no, 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 down, like a little bit down <laughs> or or I'll throw like numbers at him. and He'll be like, I don't know what that means, Samantha. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. You're like, dad, just learn the lingo. It's just learn. Be I know I've had this conversation with him before. Like maybe you should just learn the numbers. <laughs> it's very easy. You know, you don't It'll have to flash like, them to me. I'll just flash them to you. <laughs> you don't have to know what they mean. He won't do it. Um, <laughs> Stuck in his way. Moving on. What are your personal goals for yourself moving forward for skydiving and for the tunnel? Skydiving wise, I would love to be on big way free fly jumps even belly jumps big ways to be honest i love them all anything big way um and then tunnel wise someday i hope i could compete in something i mean i might not be the greatest but just to go to a competition would be fun so basically my goals in skydiving are um, to do big ways free fly big ways would be the best either head up or head down uh -huh. um, but belly big ways always will have a special place in my heart would love to continue to do to do those um, and then in the tunnel, just to do a competition one day, like dynamic four-way VFS, two-way VFS, mm -hmm. and it would be fun. How far down the road do you want to do this? Ooh. Like ooh. now or next year? I mean, no time like the present, but no, yeah. <laughs> um, when I have more time. Like I said, I keep saying once I'm done with the tunnel, but like we've, we've said a million times, um, I'll probably be a lifer. So <laughs> Once things chill out at the tunnel. Right. Once there's more instructors and I can take more time off. Yeah, when we when we make that shift back into normal life. Hopefully, sometime right. soon. F fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Sometime soon. That's a lot of really cool information about about being at the tunnel. Is there anything you want to add? Come fly with me. Come fly with me. <laughs> Anytime somebody reaches out to me and says, "Can you coach me at the tunnel?" I'm like, "No," but you know who can? <laughs> like, you should go and talk to Megan. And then if you're not available, I go. I say, hey, then you should go talk to Paul. <laughs> Literally um, what I do. Yeah. Yep. All right. So this last little bit we're going to talk about today is called the Woofo Corner. Like, welcome to the Woofo Corner. Um, these are questions that have been submitted by actual real life Woofos out in the wild. <laughs> out in the wild. <laughs> and they would love to know what, uh, they would love to hear you answer these questions. Okay. All right. We've got about six of them. I'll do my so best. It's going to be really exciting. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. All right. First one. Where's the weirdest place you've landed off? <laughs> off at? The weirdest place? Actually, yeah. with you, <laughs> when we went. I was hoping you would say this story. <laughs> when we were uh, doing plane maintenance, we had to bring the plane from Baldwin, Wisconsin to Forest Lake, Minnesota. And sorry, I'm like whipping that around. It's probably. Yeah. So, no, you're all right. So we had to go from Baldwin, Wisconsin to Forest Lake, Minnesota. And it was like, what, six in the morning? Or like seven in the morning? It was really morning. early. And it was like seven. We were all so tired. And we get out to the plane, like get our rigs on because we're going to jump into Forest Lake. No one takes it upon themselves to look at the winds aloft in <laughs> Forest Lake. <laughs> so what did we do? A three-way? Uh, who was the other one? Robbie. Was it... it was me, you, and Robbie. It was Robbie. Yeah. So me, Sam, and Robbie get out, and everyone else stays in the plane because they're smart. <laughs> and yep. we do this awesome skydive over Forest Lake. 
mm-hmm. and we open up and we have no clue where we are like, literally no clue how far were, were, were we from the drop zone like it had to be like two miles wasn't there like a mile and a half? it had to be like it was like a mile and a half I remember we could man I don't even know if we could see it if we could have picked it out like on the landscape no I remember that yeah because it wasn't even on their map because it was on the mm-hmm. other side of the highway and yeah. we opened up and me and Sam land in a playground in a like a residential area and it was when kids are walking to their school bus to get on their buses for school I forgot about that that's so cool and we're just walking around with our parachutes like good morning good morning <laughs> oh someone ended weren't up- we talking weren't we talking to about uh about where Robbie ended up we were like Leo Robbie like yeah because he wasn't with us right yeah, like- he landed in like the cornfield and he ended up getting picked yeah. up by some mom bringing her kid to school and was like hey is it cool if I drop my kid off and then bring you to the drop zone he was like sounds great <laughs> bye buddy have a good day at school <laughs> and I think Adam Yelly picked me and you up yeah. if I remember correctly why was he there why was Adam Yelly there Cause he was going to jump back into Baldwin. So like we, so some of them and Jimbo was there. There were yeah. a couple other people, but I remember some of them didn't want to jump into force. Like cause they'd never seen it. And me and you had both yeah. jumped there before. <laughs> didn't mean, we knew it. <laughs> didn't help us at all though. <laughs> not, not a bit. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I remember being in the plane flying over there and we're like, okay, well what's the plane feel like? Is it crabby? <laughs> like asking the yeah. pilot. Like well, I remember being test. literally being in the plane and being like, should we have looked at that? Like, nah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Got out. Like, wasn't fine. Wasn't. I mean, it was, <laughs> was fine. not fine. That's hilarious. But... <laughs> um, I remember that jump too. Robbie was smiling so big on that, on that jump. Like, oh yeah. And his, was he wearing his, uh, I can't remember if he was wearing his. It was, they were, yeah, they were the, um, the mad scientist goggles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And his frat hat. His frat hat. It was awesome. Oh, too good. Next Wolfo question. You ready? Maybe. Coming at you. What is street jamming? Ooh, street jamming is flying in the tunnel in your street clothes. Don't wear a tank top though, right? If you're a woman. Oh, no. You should wear a tank top, tuck it into <laughs> your pants, cinch your pants down. Hopefully they have like a drawstring or something and a t-shirt over top of that. Like you have yeah, to have okay. multiple layers. Sorry. Sorry to elaborate. Don't wear just a tank top yeah. in the tunnel. I found that one out the hard way one day. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Why don't we do it more often? I mean, personally, as a girl, <laughs> yeah, I don't really like doing it, but go for gold, everyone else. <laughs> cool. All right. Next question. Can you do a flip? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I can. Tell us all the flips you can do. I mean, I can backflip. I can frontflip. <laughs> I can do layouts. I can do over the, f- I mean, those are half flips technically, I guess. I can do flat flips. <laughs> I can't flip twist. Still trying to this day. Can't do that. Interesting. Okay. What's a road show? Ooh, road shows are my favorite thing on the whole entire planet. Especially, I with... saved it just for you. Especially, <laughs> this one came in. This one came in like three weeks ago, and I saved it. I was like, I know Megan's gonna say yes to this at some point, so I'm gonna save it just for her. Yes. Um, especially when Bob Stum is driving the bus. <laughs> Um, a road show is just when you get on the bus and you have one designated driver that's not drinking and everyone just gets on the bus and you go bar hopping. And when you're in the bar, basically you have enough time to get like a drink, possibly mm-hmm. drink that whole drink 
and then someone yells door and then you have to run to the bus <laughs> why did they yell door like just like when you're in the plane and people yell door you have to open the door it's time to go it's time, time to, to go. skydive let's, do let's go green light let's go where where do you typically do road shows around here chippewa falls with soda literally right. the he takes us only to the the bars that are like the ones that no one's at so like if we drive by a bar and there's too many people in the parking lot he just goes to the next one and you start yeah. at the farthest bar away and make your way back road shows too much if you fun. never if you ever get a if you ever get a chance you should probably go do one they're pretty rad oh without a doubt all right next question what if i fall off the airplane that is a real thing <laughs> when i first started jumping i remember <laughs> i was doing a four-way and I'm pretty sure it was Jeremy Alexa again. And he, they're like, you got to go and you got to hang off the strut for this jump. And I was like, well, what if I fall off? He's like, Megan, you're going to jump anyways. <laughs> and I was like, touche, touche. So that must be something that is a learned quote at Skydive Wissota. Because the first time I was ever out there, <laughs> Mary Bauer was doing my my drop zone briefing uh man how many jumps did I have like 35 maybe 35 jumps or something like that <laughs> she probably thought I was such an idiot too because I came from I was coming from Baldwin <laughs> first time I'd ever jumped there was in the middle of the winter snow on the ground like just all fucking all all just all wrong coming at it right right and uh she was explaining how to jump out of the or how to like how the all the various like exits out of the the 182 worked and so she's like, so, and then you'll hang onto the strut like this. And like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, she must've seen my face when I said, when she said it. Cause I was like, oh no. And she's like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I mean, what if I fall off? She's like, isn't that kind of the point? Like, <laughs> I know it's, it must be a learned thing. And he probably learned it from Mary. Yeah. It must be a, it must be like a thing they teach each other out there. Well, cause like when you're on the outside step on a four way belly, you're only holding mm -hmm. onto the plane with your right arm. That's like pinched. Yeah underneath your armpit so you're like gripping mm -hmm. the person in the crotch and you're gripping the person on the step and you just have a foot mm -hmm. on the step you're like okay if i fall everyone needs to go just remember that yeah yep all right last last wolfo question you ready no yeah <laughs> what if i float all the way to the top of the tunnel then you die <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding um <laughs> do you want what i tell people both i want both <laughs> um usually i tell people you just have to fart and you come down <laughs> uh, or i'll tell them like if you do manage to get all the way up there i'm just gonna look at you and smile and i'm gonna point at my chin and tell you chin up and i'll catch you when you come down <laughs> hey speaking of because uh, now that we're done with the wolf oak owner speaking of what's your favorite uh joke to hit people like what are some of your favorite tunnel jokes Ooh. I can think of a few of them that I've heard you say that I really like, but I'm curious what your favorite your favorite few are. Ooh, I like telling people it's my first day or my second day. <laughs> Depending on the class, like I won't let up. Like I'll be like, no, for real, it is my second day. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday went fine. Today, can't promise anything. Uh, what are all my other ones? One of my favorite ones, and this is one I learned from you. I'll still use it for certain people too, as well, in different areas of uh like life like i've used it a couple of times at the drop zone like in the last couple of summers where if it's someone who comes in and they're just like really solemn faced they come in and they're like they're gonna fly and they're just like hmm. 
they look grumpy as fuck. <laughs> you throw this one at them, you're like, you know, man, you're like at like an 11 right now. I really need you to take it down to a four. And it always cracks a smile. It always <laughs> makes people laugh. Like everybody else in their group laughs. Like that person always breaks. It's great. I haven't like, used that one in a while. Thanks for reminding That was that was one of my favorite jokes I think I've ever heard you lose and or, or I've ever heard you you use out <laughs> at the tunnel and I like put it in my back pocket, you know, for those those uh grumpy fuckers that come in through the <laughs> through the doors every now and then. I always just tell them like your excitement your excitement's up here at eleven. I need you to take it down to like a two. Yeah. I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about that one. I don't really have, I feel like I don't even know the jokes I'd say because I feel like it's just like, this comes out and it's like word vomit. Just off the cuff. It's great. You're one funny fucker. Go you. <laughs> My dad thinks so too. <laughs> Your dad thinks so too. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, that's all I have. That's all we have for this episode of Fall Risk. Thank you so much, Mego, for being on the show and indulging this weird project I've got going. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so much. You've been wonderful. I appreciate you having to go through all this audio. Oh. It's going to be my pleasure. It's going to be great. You'll probably be like, uh, actually, man, can we redo half of that? Can we call you back? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a first. That would be the first instance where it all got messed up. I, it won't. It won't. But if it had been, it would be the first instance where that would have to happen. So I'll buy beer. What, what drop zone will you bring to? Both. Wherever you are. Both. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, that's, uh, that concludes uh, this episode of Fall Risk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next time to talk about anything and everything skydiving. Be safe. Safe jumps. Blue skies. Bye. Bye. Bye.